Welcome to EM Guidewire, your guide to emergency medicine, brought to you by the residents and faculty from Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's time for Sports Medicine. Back again for another edition of Sports Medicine Corner. I'm your host, Jeremy Driscoll. Today, we're going to be talking about biceps tendon rupture. The incidence of biceps tendon rupture is pretty rare, with the distal biceps only occurring about 10% of the time, with the majority being proximal. Rupture tends to occur in patients mostly in their 40s, with 93% occurring in men and 86% of it happening in the dominant elbow. Some risk factors include your bodybuilders with their anabolic steroids, and then smoking can have seven and a half times greater risk than non-smokers with the belief that tobacco can cause microischemia to the tendons. Typically, when a patient comes in, they'll be reporting a snap or a pop as their elbow is eccentrically loaded from flexion to extension. This is when you're at the gym working on some curls for the girls or buys for the guys. Weakness and pain, primarily in supination, are hallmarks of this injury. They may come in and produce a mid-arm ball. This is also sometimes referred to as the reverse Popeye sign. So make sure to eat your spinach, kids. This is a change in the contour of the muscle that you'll see on physical examination. On motor exam, you'll often see a loss of supination and flexion with mostly loss of supination as the brachioradialis is responsible for the majority of biceps flexion. Now what I'm going to focus on most is distal injuries. What you'll see on exam is swelling and tenderness near over the antecubital fossa. For complete tears, there will be an inability to palpate the distal biceps tendon in the AC fossa. However, there's a really good provocative test you can perform called the hook test. This technique was first described in 2007 in an article published in the American Journal of Sports Medicine by maybe a distant family member of mine named Dr. Sean O'Driscoll, which was found to be 100% sensitive and specific as compared to MRI, which is about 92 to 85% respectively. What you do for the hook test is ask the patient to actively flex the elbow to 90 degrees and to fully supinate the forearm. Now using your index finger, attempt to hook the lateral edge of the biceps tendon. As you can tell, I'm actually practicing this on myself right now. If you have an intact or partially torn tendon, you can get your finger hooked under there about one centimeter beneath the tendon. Now once again, a follow-up study looked at the hook test and showed that it's near 100% specificity, but maybe not as sensitive as we thought. But regardless, an overall great physical exam maneuver if you have high suspicion. The biggest challenge is going to be distinguishing between complete and partial tears. Bicep tendon is absent in complete rupture and palpable in partial rupture. Otherwise, they have a very similar clinical picture. For evaluating these, most of the times we'll get radiographs to rule out an avulsion fracture. X-rays are usually normal, however, occasionally you may see a small fleck of bone or avulsion off the radial tuberosity. And you know me, I love my MSK ultrasound, so this can help with diagnosis. Like our technique we described for the Achilles tendon rupture, you can use the linear high-frequency probe to assess for tendon defects. Ideally, outpatient MRI is often going to be used and requested by orthopedic surgery to distinguish between complete and partial tears, or muscle substance versus tendon tears. This can also be used to help with operative planning. Now, speaking of operative planning, let's talk about management. For proximal ruptures, this is going to be your typical rest, ice, compression, elevation. But specifically, put the arm in a sling, recommend some ice, heavy NSAID use, ibuprofen, or whatever your flavor is, physical therapy, and referral to orthopedics outpatient. Now, there's either non-operative or operative repair. Candidates for non-operative treatment are going to be the older, elderly, low-demand, or sedentary patients who are willing to sacrifice a little bit of function. Most patients who undergo non-operative treatment tend to become asymptomatic about four to six weeks afterwards. 
Supportive treatment is going to be followed by physical therapy most of the time in these patients. Now, operative repair. This is going to be surgical repair of fixation of the tendon to the tuberosity. Most indications are going to be your young, healthy patients, athletes, who do not want to sacrifice any of their function at all. This can also be used for partial tears that do not respond to non-operative management. Surgical treatment should usually occur within a few weeks of the date of injury, so be sure to give close orthopedic follow-up. Further delay may preclude a straightforward primary repair in the operating room. That's this week's edition of Sports Medicine Corner. I'm Jeremy Driscoll. See you next time. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go, be awesome today. Seems the out.